Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. You want some blues insider talk? You come to the midday grind. Nobody brings the heat like Martin and Chuck. And then every once in a while we say, oh, Strick can come by too and add to it. The hockey acumen through the <laughs> roof here. 590 The Fan Live at the Kirkwood Studios. Beautiful Wednesday in St. Louis. Andy Strickland, Fox Sports Midwest, live off the uh, set last night, late night at Enterprise Center. Lose, lose in overtime, two to one. And it really was an entertaining game. It's hard to step back and mm-hmm. say that because of the disappointment and because of the fact they've been bad at home in the playoffs for the last few years. That was a well-played, entertaining, intense playoff game. I think you had a stat, didn't you, about the Blues' home record it's in the eight playoffs? It's 8-13 yeah, now. You're a stat guy now. Eight, well, I'm, you know, you have a podcast I, and you're a stat guy. <laughs> That's how much Martin Kilcoin has changed. I'm now we living in do, my mom's basement. We used to do shows talking about your favorite candy, you know, Let's do that. Um, whatever. He was Snickers. doing like a news talk show. Now all of a sudden he's a See, stat I'm guy a with a podcast. Guy. I, I am not a stat guy. Please don't become one. I'm not a stat guy. But you know what happened? The other night they <laughs> lost that game. And I was thinking about how many live shots in recent years for Fox 2 that I've been outside, <laughs> standing there, and people walk by, that sucked, I paid 100 but Like, I've always outside the building as the game's ending. Mm. And I started thinking, God, even when they had that run, they could have finished off the Hawks, but they didn't. It was a game five. Then they could have finished off the Stars. It was a game, And I started thinking, there have been a lot of these disappointments. And so then I went back and looked it up. I'm not a big stat guy, but I went and looked it up. Mm-hmm. And you did some research. It's now 8-13 and 13 mm-hmm. in the last 21. That's very disappointing. And, and Curbs was on yesterday. He said, listen, these are different coaches, different teams. It is hard to reckon. Yeah, But it's the same jersey, same emblem on the front of the jersey, same fans, I mean, who are going it's to the, the game. the disappointment for the fans who, is the same. Who are yes. dealing with the disappointment. Because, you know what, every year there's the sense of, you know, this is the year for the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, you look at this season, how well this team played down the stretch. It was a different feel. Uh, and it still is a different feel because of Jordan Bennington, because of the coach, because of some of the tweaks that were made. This is not the team that the Blues entered the season with. So, um, listen, we knew this was going to be a playoff series. It's exactly what we probably thought it would be. Um, But when you win the first two games on the road, you really think you have a stranglehold on the series, and you're going to come home and at least win one of the two and, and remain in control of the series. But Winnipeg was considered, you know, not a Stanley Cup contender, but a Stanley Cup favorite entering the season for a reason. You know, they collapsed down the stretch, um, kind of a mild collapse, but they had no business not winning the division when you look at the roster that they have and how good of a first half they had. Um, the fact that they had 114 points last season and then slip all the way down to 98. They had to have a players-only meeting at the end of the year. You know, they were losing games. I think they, what, lost like their last three road games, something like that. 
um, entering the uh, the playoffs. So they weren't playing their best hockey, and the Blues were. So you felt like the Blues had the upper hand. So last night's game, what's your takeaway? Oh, the, the top takeaway is that mm-hmm. Bennington played great. Yeah. Any concerns that he would be bad in back-to-back games? Not all his fault on Sunday, but I think he quieted those critics. Mm-hmm. Any thought moving forward that this is a guy you can win with? I think that's all. At this point, I feel that's been settled. This guy is not a flash in the pan. No. He's legit. What else did you take away from the game? I mean, I've been complaining about the power play, especially yeah. late in the game. Yeah. Well, and I know the power play has been better since the first two yeah. games, but on the whole, at the end there, I just wanted to see a shot. Yeah. Um, what else did you take away? It's kind of the same takeaway in a, in a way of what you took away from the previous game. You know, just the lack of – you know, Winnipeg looks like the bigger team, which they are, the faster team, which they yeah, are. Yeah, that's kind of tough when they're bigger and faster. And the more dangerous offensive team. So what's the Blues which, then? Which they are. So the Blues rely a little bit more on structure. Um you know, obviously the power play was strong down the stretch. hasn't been as good, but they have three power play goals in the last two games. A huge power play goal in the first uh, 35 seconds of the third period. Um, Great but, shot. But when you look at the any playoff series, okay, who's leading the charge for Winnipeg right now? It's their best players. Okay, Kyle Connor gets two goals or gets the game-winning goal last night. Shifley scores a goal. Connor had two goals in the previous game. You look at the numbers right now for Blake Wheeler. That line is leading the charge for the Winnipeg Jets. And the Blues need their best players to do the same. And right now you're not getting enough offense out of players that you need offense from. I thought the Maroon line had a great bounce-back game last night. They were the Blues' best line. I don't think there was any question who was the best line for the Blues last night. They spent the majority of their shifts in the offense uh, offensive end like they did down the stretch in the regular season. But, you know, O'Reilly has been limited here in this series. He scored the game-winning goal in Game 2, but he's been limited. Shen has been invisible. Shen hasn't played up to standard. Uh, you need Alex Petrangelo to be better on the back end. I don't like the way he played that first goal. Let's just be honest. You know, taking a run in a one nothing game at a guy at the red line and then getting caught out of position and, you know, leaving your defenseman, Vince Dunn, to defend a two-on-one, which Winnipeg executed beautifully. I mean, it was a beautiful play. Shifley beat Sunquist to the net. Um, You need your experienced players and your best players to be good every night. And you can't just be good one game and then not be good the next game. They got to be better. And, you know, this is why they call it a playoff series. You know, the home team has lost each game in this series. The Blues have been a very good, very confident road team all year, and you hope that continues into Game 5. Andy Strickland in the house, Fox Sports Midwest, also the host of Hockey Sense every Friday at 4 o'clock. I want to really kind of dig deep on the Blues in this series, but I think it's worth noting what's going on around these playoffs. J.D. and Yarmo, your guys up yeah. in Columbus, I guess I didn't realize the Blue Jackets had never won a playoff series. Never. And not only do they do it for the first time, they sweep Tampa Bay – who had the best record, and they didn't just have the best point total in the NHL. Mm-hmm. It was by a dominating fashion. I this think they had the, 128, and somebody else had 107. So they own the league, and then they bow out four straight. 62 wins. That ties for the most in the history of the National Hockey League. Okay? This is the first time we've ever seen a President's Trophy winner get swept in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. This has never happened. I mean, this is historic. It is among the biggest shockers that we've seen in modern NHL history, not to be too dramatic, okay? How would Frank phrase this? I think he would have said what you said, but had dramatic music. <laughs> so 
maybe the most dramatic upset in modern NHL history. Not the fact that they lost. I mean, with the parity right now, I mean, this is the bottom line. You make the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're going to play against a good team, okay? And you look at the roster for Columbus. This is not a bad hockey team. They've got some really good players. They've got a goaltender who's won two Vesna trophies. They've got an up-and-coming future Norris Trophy winner, maybe even two on the back end, uh, and Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. I mean, they've got some real talented players up front, and they're big. If this doesn't prove to you that there's a difference between the regular season and, and the playoffs, I mean, the playoffs are a completely different animal. We've been saying that for years. I mean, this regular season hockey and this playoff hockey, they're not even close to being the same. And if you look at the size of the Columbus offensive players versus the size of the Tampa Bay forwards, when you're small, it's hard to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Look at the size of the forwards for the Washington Capitals, for Vegas, for these teams that are having success. I mean, even San Jose, who's losing right now, um, you know, in their series, they're not playing as well, obviously. But, you know, look at the size of their forwards compared to what you see in Tampa Bay. There's a reason why they're good, obviously, in the regular season. they got a ton of skill. they got a lot of guys who can fly, who can skate, who can make plays. But, again, when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, not to say that doesn't matter because it does, but it's a completely different game. It's not even the same. It's like a different different sport. It's not even the same sport, playoff hockey. Yeah, they, they use basketballs instead of pucks. They do. It's weird. Yes, yes. All right, how about the fact Tampa Bay, they, they lose the series. We know they're disappointed. Their fan base is disappointed. And they put out a tweet after the game. I think apologizing for their performance. And this was shortly after the game ended. And it, it was reads, pretty soon, yes. The Lightning at TB Lightning, we don't have any words, and we know you don't want to hear them. We understand your mm, anger, yeah. your frustration, your sadness. Everything you're feeling, we get it. This isn't the ending we imagined, and certainly not the one we wanted. Thank you for being there. The entire way. And then John Cusack holds up a boombox and plays a song mm-hmm. to the girl's window. It sounds, a, I love the fact that it was classy. Yeah. And then I think they had a later one saying congrats to the yeah, on their black, Blue Jackets or whatever. But that was almost a little too sad and sappy or something. I got a text from JD last night, and you could hear him saying this in his voice. Come grow with us. He said, Andy, we earned it. You know, it's like we earned, we it. earned it. This was not given to us. We earned it. It read, congrats on an incredibly special series win for your organization at Blue Jackets NHL. You earned it. Good luck the rest of the way. They haven't tweeted since then. That was 14 hours ago. Maybe a welfare check is due. And they did earn it, you know. And they didn't have their best defenseman, Tampa Bay, the last couple of games. I'm not so sure it would have made a difference. He didn't play well early in the series. Kucherov took a stupid penalty. He was suspended, he was suspended for what, one for of the game games? Three. Yeah, he didn't play in game three. But, you know, even a guy like... You know, Stamkos, who has some size with him, you know, some height. You know, he's not a big player. I, I, you just watch them play. I mean, I, they just look overmatched, almost like they had no chance. If you didn't know anything about hockey and had no clue, if you didn't watch the, the sport and you just turned the TV on, you would think that it was flipped, that the number one seed was the Columbus Blue Jackets, not Tampa Bay. Level of shock, the Penguins got swept. Islanders took yeah. them out four yeah. straight. Big-time shock. Don't tell me coaching doesn't matter in the NHL. I mean, they lose their best player, uh, almost a 50-goal scorer in John Tavares, who's an unbelievable hockey player, and you bring in a new coach and you bring in a goaltender. I mean, it's almost a similar situation to what's gone on here. They change coaches and they change goalies, and the Blues were a completely different team. And Barry the Trotz, way they right? play, Barry who Trotz, left, man, left who won a Stanley Cup last year in Washington, what he's done to transform that team and impact the team, how they play, how they defend – 
Uh, Pittsburgh had no answer. What did Crosby have? One point in the series? He got his first point in last night's game. Wasn't really able to watch it because the Blues were playing right around the same time. And that game was a little earlier than the Blues, but still, it was tough to kind of pay close attention to it. But I think he had one point. Didn't score a goal in the entire series. I mean, you talk about a shock. That's a that's a shock. Not as shocking as Tampa Bay, but that's a big-time shock for me as well. Strick is here. Text in at 855-282-8255. We'll take all your Blues thoughts, also your favorite candy. 855-282. <laughs> Did we do a segment on that back I don't know. In, you might have. I don't know. There was favorite chip. I remember because that, that's third when third-hour topic, third topic well, started. Yeah, so I'm talking like you know back at the old at the other station, you know the news talk days, the news talk days, Somebody, and then people would call in. Yeah, yes. this is Dolores. I really enjoy a milk dud. <laughs> like, okay, let's get to the other calls. Eight five five two eight two eighty two fifty five appliance discounters. I just texted our guy John. I texted him last week. You got to tell him I apologize because I still haven't gone by to pick up my filter. Yeah, well, this, yeah. this, this is like four. Go pick up your me. filter. This yeah. is four years in the run. I'm not yeah. drinking water no, at your house. I've gotten one since then. Okay. But I need, need another, another one, one now. Uh, but I just haven't had time to go by there and pick it up. I got a dishwasher that's backed up a little bit. I can't, really? and I know all the tricks. And Johnson, I'm sure you do. But <laughs> keep in mind, Appliance Discounters has a great repair team. Did as not well. know that local repairs. Instead of calling an 800 number, Appliance Discounters, you call them up. They'll send out their repair team, get it fixed fast. Big part of the frustration with appliance repairs is you call an 800 number. It's automated, and you get an appointment like a week later. Not with Appliance Discounters, part of the great service they provide, in addition to the quality appliances. You can find them all around town. Fairview Heights, Illinois, downtown St. Louis, Webster Groves, Baldwin, South County, and in St. Charles. Add it up, that's six. You can also go online, theappliancediscounters.com, for all your appliance needs. Strick, can you go to the Fairview Heights one and let us know if you're running the Albert Bell? Yeah, rumor Albert has it Bell. Albert Bell lives in the Metro East, according to one, you know a lot of one texters move to the Metro East. Marcus Allen, <sighs> yeah, there's name a couple one of them. I mean, there there is a great <laughs> Yachty, Yachty used to live in Collinsville. Yachty did. Now where does he live? I don't. He's I mean, my I guy. Don't I, should have, I should have asked him when we were hanging out a few <laughs> He's, weeks ago. That's right. He is your guy. Um, you know Albert Bell. Let's talk about it. Who's the second baseman he destroyed? Fernando Vina, former Cardinal. Was it Fernando? Yes, he was a Brewer. Wow. And the Brewers were in the AL Center. And Albert was always a little angry. Fireworks had a kid maybe once or yeah, twice. Let's get him the, on the show. Had a, cork, had a cork bat once. Uh, listen, Albert Bell, one of my favorite players from his era. Candidly. I mean, he, he was like a violent <laughs> yes. offensive hitter. Yes. On and off the field. Um, Strick, here's my paranoid blues fan okay. take. I'm looking around because I want to win the cup, right? I got eight years to do it. You but told I, me you're confident. I am confident. Yeah. But here's my paranoid mm-hmm. Non-confident is everything sets up. If you want to win the cup, well, Tampa Bay is the best team. In They're gone. God, the Penguins. I wouldn't want to have to beat the Penguins. They're gone. We'll probably end up seeing the Sharks. They're about gone. So a lot of things are opening up. The Flames are down 2-1 to Colorado. If you're thinking, Colorado's boy, good you played Nashville good. well all you know, year. If I'm a Blues fan, I'm looking at all that stuff and going, oh, this, oh, this is me, great. This reminds me of in 2003. And I was on the Blues plane coming back from Vancouver. The Blues went up three games to one. Chopper got hit in the eye, maybe? No, he got hit from behind by uh, Todd Bertuzzi. And he had an eye so, thing. So oh, he was a troublemaker. That was after that. So Bertuzzi essentially knocked Al McKinnis out of the playoff mm-hmm. series. He came back and tried to play in game seven, but obviously was, wasn't even close to 100%. They used to have that seamless, seamless glass there, remember? Because I think Jackman got hurt there as well. He was hit by Bertuzzi as well, and he had a shoulder injury. It was very dangerous. But I remember learning that I think it was Detroit 
and Colorado, maybe Dallas, got knocked out early in that first round. And the Blues were up three games to one, you know, and they had Kachuk at the time and Pronger. He missed the entire regular season, played the last five games of the regular season, and, you know, he wasn't the same player at the time either. He was getting his feet underneath him, missed the entire year with an ACL and a wrist, a wrist injury. But still, they were up three games to one. They had, you know, a bunch of depth offensively. Chris Osgood was their goaltender. And you were thinking, wow, this is a team that could truly win the Stanley Cup. And it's one of the best teams, honestly, that the Blues have had over the course of the last, whatever, 20, 25 years. Detroit I mean, were, was swept by the, Anaheim yeah. that year, and Minnesota knocked out Colorado in yeah. seven. So the two and three seeds got bounced out in the first round. Oh, yeah. So it was like this is going to be their It's chance. dangerous to and think then, that way. And then they lost in seven, and Vancouver came back from three from down three games to one. Uh, level of surprise from you last night, the way Bennington played. Did you have any – it's weird because – before the game, we were talking at Fox 2, and we said, not worried, not worried. And we've only seen the guy play for 30-plus games, yeah. but we all had this same sentiment that, you know, and and God bless Jake Allen, but I think we would have been worried if it was coming off a six-goal game. Yeah, Everybody that I talked to was like, no, I think he'll be okay. I think Bennington's fine. I think he's – and then you talked to his guy, Mike Leute, who yeah. basically gave his background of yeah. why he is this way. And you look at his numbers, he's 5-0 and coming into last night's game following a loss. So he hadn't lost two consecutive games in the National Hockey League. You know, I know there's a lot being made of him as a rookie, and I know it's his first go-around in the National Hockey League, but he's also 25 years old. Same and, as Hellebuck, right? And, Same age? Yeah, and Hellebuck, you know, he played college hockey at, at UMass Lowell. That's why you just never know what goaltenders, man. You can never predict how these guys are going to develop. We got a kid from who played one year in St. Louis. He's actually from Alaska. Played AAA hockey here, and he just led the nation in save percentage and goals against average, and signed a contract with the San Jose Sharks. And if you would have told me this kid when he was like 16, 17 years old would have led the nation and say because he wasn't very good here. I mean, he struggled honestly. And now you just never know with goaltenders. It's the most unpredictable position. In all the sports, there's nothing that even comes close to compare. And I bet you if you talk to people who knew Connor Hellebuck, and there's a couple St. Louis kids who played college hockey with him at UMass Lowell, if you talk to people who knew him back when he was 14, 15, 16 years of age, they probably said, hey, this guy would never be a Vesna Trophy contender or finalist like he was last year. And now he's doing his thing in the National Hockey League. Jordan Bennington was a third-round pick, and he was the first pick in the OHL draft back before he played junior. So he's been on the path to be a really good goaltender and he's been on the big stage and he's played in playoff uh you know playoff series in the American Hockey League I know it's not the the NHL but he's on the ice with guys his age and he's confident he believes he can play at this level so we saw enough I think over the course of the regular season to not be shocked at what he's doing right now in the playoffs if you were advising the Blues and they said all right Strick what do you see are there simple things is it and we say this a lot during playoff hockey but I still kind of feel like there could be more traffic in front. Kind oh. of get like I feel like Hellebuck is still somebody you could get yeah. to, and they've allowed him to get comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know that Shifley running into Bennington is on purpose. If he's trying to kind of get in his head just yeah. a little bit, but I feel like if they got in front a little more, then you get some of those ugly I mean, goals. That's always that's just hockey, right? I mean, but I don't see enough yeah, of that. You know that's what I mean. So I mean, you get more of that, you're going to give yourself a better chance. I mean, even on the power play late in the third period last night, they just didn't. They, they were too hesitant to shoot the puck. I mean, they had opportunities up top, Petrangelo, to just to shoot, right? What I mean, is the not, what is the philosophy there? I know if you pass it around, you may end up with the perfect well, shot. But every trying, once in a while, trying to get the puck to Tarasenko, right? I mean, Tarasenko's your most dangerous player, but you know, hey, when you're trying to force the puck to your most dangerous player, typically, 
the penalty killing unit on the other side, they're expecting that, right? And so they're trying to take that away. They were giving Petrangelo an opportunity to shoot. It looked like he had a shooting lane there. And again, you have bodies in front. What if it hits a body? You get a rebound there. You just got to get pucks directed to the front of the net. And, you know, that's one thing that Craig Berube talked about following game three. They, they just got away from playing their direct game, their north game, you know, just playing in straight lines. And so you wonder now heading into game five, will we see Robbie Fabry back in the lineup? I thought he was fine. But again, against a team um, like Winnipeg, would you like to see more size, maybe a little more weight? And does Sammy Blay or uh, Mackenzie McEachern, do they give you that over a guy like uh, Zach Sanford, who played in the first three games, and Robbie Fabry, who played last night? And I understand you got to make some tweaks and changes here or there, but it's all also overcovered maybe. Ooh, they made a change. Sanford's out. Fabry. That's not going to change the game. I'm sorry. And even if McEachern plays or Fabry plays, mm -hmm. you still need Schwartz to show up. You still need more from Tarasenko because yeah. Tarasenko is a great player. We know that, but you don't hear his name the whole game. Like Shifley, you hear his name yeah. the whole game. Yeah. You constantly hear them. Yeah. And uh, listen, they lost a 2-1 game, right? It was right. a 2-1 game, and Jordan Bennington I'm just was, trying to help. The, I'm trying to make them better. He, he was he was the reason. I mean, you could make the case if it wasn't for Jordan Bennington, the Blues are already out of the playoffs right now, right? The series could be over. He's been their best player. He's been exactly um, what you expect or what you hoped you would get from him. Probably better than advertised based on what we saw in the regular season. He's been unbelievable. So you need more players to support Jordan Bennington. There's no doubt. And again, the guys you're paying the big-time money to – and that you rely on offensively, they got to come through. We say this all the time in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that the top lines often cancel each other out, and it's your depth players who tend to show up and make a difference in a playoff series, but their top players are outperforming the Blues' top players right now. I don't think the Blues are playing bad hockey, but you can certainly make the argument you need more, and I would expect them to play better in Game 5. Again, they've been a good road team all season long. They only had one more point at home than they did on the road during the course of the regular season. They won the first two games there in Winnipeg, and there's no reason to think that the Blues won't be ready to play, win or lose. you got to turn the page quickly. They know that. And now you go back there for game five, and the whole series starts over again. It's a, it's a, it's a best of three moving forward now. And I think Winnipeg has lost six straight home playoffs. Something yeah. crazy. going. Yeah. And they were in the Western Conference yeah. final a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've lost a ton of games at home as well. Strick is here. Text in favorite candy. Hockey questions for Strick at 855-282-8255. Fast Eddie's doors open at 1 o'clock. You can head in there, have a cold beer, watch a little Cardinal baseball, sit out on the patio, enjoy a little live music every single day. Not only the doors open seven days a week, but also live music on every day. And on the weekends, you've got music, live music inside, Live music going on the outside. Great menu. You've heard about it for years. Prices never go up. It's that simple. Half-pound fat Eddie burger for a little over two bucks. Peel and eat shrimp. Get the homemade bratwurst. Menu's outstanding, and it's always a fun time at Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. The Bonaire at 4th and Broadway. Take the Clark Bridge. Turn right. You can't miss it. If you haven't been in a while, get back. If you've never been, you have been missing out, that's for sure. And not a sports bar, but they'll have the Cardinal game on. They'll have the Blues game on. It's a festive place to hang out. If you're in a bad mood, you go to Fast Eddie's. Well, I now guarantee. you're sending people with bad moods over to Fast no, If Eddie's. you're in a bad mood. You sent the elderly. I don't, sent the unhealthy. Not, <laughs> now you're sending people I, in bad moods. I think we told 90-year-olds to start having their birthday parties there. <laughs> Eddie, but thanks, man. You got people on fixed income coming up here trying to <laughs> buy my food and <laughs> asking for coupons. If you're in a bad mood and you go to Fast Eddie's, I guarantee you'll leave in a good mood. One uh, before the break here. 
Say the Blues coach. Mm-hmm. Say his last name for me. Berube. Okay, Berube, right? Berube. We've heard a few people. Some people say Berube. I've heard a few people lately saying Berube. Berube. And I'm like, what? Berube. Yeah, Isn't I, it Berube? No, I've heard the Berube. Craig Berube. I just say Berube. Has anybody? Chief. If, so you, Actually, that's what I say is Chief. Chief. So Chuck says too. If you see his him like down sticks, the hallway, do you walk by? They don't say Berube on his sticks. They say, they say Chief. Chief. <laughs> so if you walk by him in the hallway mm-hmm. at the Enterprise, would you say Chief? Chief, every time. And does he call What's you up, Scoops? Chief? I call him Chief. Strix? In the press conference, I'll say Chief. Chief. And what I'll if, say Craig. What if Martin him. calls him Chief? How is he going to respond to and that? And you have to have a certain and relationship? Nobody, everyone calls him Chief. Okay. No. So he wouldn't be alarmed. It's like Walt. Keith Kachuk told, you know, he tells everybody, he said it a long time ago, don't call me Keith. It's not going to be like when that kid called Bobby Knight. What's up, Knight? And he's What's gonna... up, Knight? <laughs> and what happened? He grabbed him? He grabbed him by the arm and yelled at him. I think he threw him through a plate glass window. <laughs> something, it was a very normal response. There's Reasonable. Nothing out, nothing out of line. Uh, let's remind folks, too, they can see Cam Jansen, and it could lead to tickets. Game five is 730 Tomorrow night, Thursday night in yeah, Winnipeg. We won't have tickets to that game. No, but Saturday, yeah, okay. game six, we now know there will be a game Time six. Time undetermined for the game, but it's a Saturday. You should be able to make it. I think it's going to start at like 11 p.m. Is something it? Something like that. Wow. Midnight. But what you got to do is uh, head to the social bar where Cam Jansen will be broadcasting a show from 5 until 6. And actually, Rocky, the hard line. 5 until line, 6 when? Uh, Friday. Yeah. Okay. And I believe the hard line is going to be there too, as well, right? Rock, wasn't that just uh, mentioned yeah, yeah. down so the line? Also, side, side note, uh, NHL.com currently has Winnipeg at St. Louis listed at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. So, oh, okay. 6 p.m. start as of right now, tentatively for Who that? Could NHL. be subject to change. And they might know. They that. might have a good idea of what and time does it games say start. The network. It does not. Four two six five Revis Barracks. We have like three conversations going okay. on at the same time. So the hard line and is the Cam on, Jansen show. And the Cam Jansen show between five and six on Friday. Yes, two to four hard line, five and six Cam Jansen show. Yeah. And the Cam show that begin away tickets to game six, four two six five Revis Barracks Road, the social bar. That's a great giveaway. Tickets to a playoff game. Giveaway tickets to a game which again starts, at least right now, at six PM. Allegedly. Okay. It hasn't been announced. I wouldn't pay attention to that until it's official. I wouldn't pay attention to us. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, quick break here. It is the Wednesday edition of the Midday Grind. Strick is in good spirits. I told you guys I'm feeling good. We yes. got a goalie. We go up there. We can win it. It's a 2 2 series. If I would have told you before the playoffs began, you'd be 2 2. I probably like, would have okay, taken you that. You know what? You'll probably take that. You probably, probably wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I know, but I'm a Blues fan who's been through the ringer. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, this is that recent it. trend where they go up 2-0. Yeah. What they do that, three years in a row? Up Twice? 2-0? Two in a row. They did it to the Kings and the Blackhawks. I They might have done it three in a row. We'll look it up. They were up against the Blackhawks 2-0 for sure. And I think the Kings, Kings as well. was 2-0. Yeah. But then, neither of those, were they 2-0 at home or road? We'll look it up. Both were home wins. And then, so the road thing made it different. You right. felt even and more confident. And then they confident. were losing game five. It was game five they couldn't win back at home. Yep. Remember Jonathan Taves? <sighs> Breakaway, he's yeah. good. Oh God, Roman that was... Polak went for a change. I think. Don't open this that Polak door. Oh, they did. They opened the door. They went, right, went, he went right off the ice. <laughs> oh, it's not funny, but you got to laugh. All right, more hockey talk right here on Five Night of the Fan. <laughs>